rest of our listeners around the globe. My name is June Stoyer, and I'm the host of the Organic View Radio Show. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Zoom, and you can also visit our website at www.theorganicview.com. If you have any questions for our guests, there are many ways you can contact the show. You can post a question on our wall on Facebook, Skype us, send us a tweet on Twitter to at The Organic View, or you can contact me directly at June Stoyer on Twitter. Today I'm going to be talking to Laura Lasseter about how safe is your pet's flea medicine. The battle cry has been sounded, and spring has sprung. It is almost as if fleas, ticks, and mosquitoes have been building their armies as they prepare for attack. Oddly enough, some have actually adapted to the weapons that have been used against them. Others have mutated so that they are stronger and bigger. There are now so many new flea and tick medications on the market that it seems like an easy problem to solve. However, no one really thinks about the danger of these chemicals to our animal companions. If you live in a warm climate year-round, there is no relief from uh, the cold weather from these creatures that generally will cease as soon as the cold weather sets in. These are simply a problem all year long. This also means that our animal companions require year-long protection. And just how safe are these chemicals? What are the implications of the animals being given the drugs that are often poisonous? And exactly how are they being administered? Most people don't even think about that or the area that they are administering these chemicals to and exactly what that does to the animal. Could some of these diseases and behavior issues be related to the products that you're using? Today I'm going to be talking to animal and wildlife advocate Laura Llewellyn Lasseter from Soul Be It. Laura will provide some new products that are not only organic, but explain the use of something called electromagnetic energy fields to eliminate these insects. We're also going to be talking about the top 10 flea myths, why fleas are such a fierce enemy, and natural defensive strategies for animals in addition to defending the home environment. So I'd like to welcome Laura Lasseter back to the show. Laura, good afternoon, and welcome back to The Organic View. Thank you, June, and thank everyone for taking time out to participate and listen to this extremely important topic that we're going to discuss today. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And, and folks, for those of you that are not familiar with Laura Lasseter, she is Twitter's sweetheart when it comes to animal advocacy animal welfare, and overall animal well-being. She is very well respected by veterinarians as well as many pet parents and people who just love animals in general. So if you are not familiar with her, she's been a guest on the show several times and every segment is always very interesting as we are privileged to just have a brief couple of minutes with her into her world, which is always fascinating. So I just wanted to quickly mention that. Thank you, Jen. Yeah, Twitter's a great uh, community and a lot of good information on there. And, uh, yeah, it's that time of the year, and we really have a lot of, you know, I live in Florida, and for people that are not familiar with me, I do have corporate clients when I'm Big Cat Rescue, which we also use, we have to use flea products, believe it or not, on the big cats. 
and uh, which we'll talk about in a minute, and uh, mosquito catchers and everything. You know, there's a whole world going on out there that we don't really see. But unfortunately, a lot of the behavior issues that I and illness issues actually that I work with um, are pretty much can be traced back to the date that people put their flea medication on their animal or, you know, some kind of vaccination or something. So it really is a huge, huge issue, especially if you are treating them year-round. Now, what are some of the common methods of, I guess, preventing your animal from, the animals from becoming infested with these fleas and ticks that people are either currently using or may not be as popular but are still in use? Can you just describe some of these methods? Yes. Uh, now, we're talking about prevention, right, not treatment. Prevention, yes. Okay, prevention, because that's totally different. Um, well, sometimes uh, what we're doing is, and I like to say we have an outer and an inner defense because we not only have to address the animal or the inside of our home, but also the outside, and this will kind of, um, this is, I'll start with the outside because, you know, you can't treat one without the other. And, well, I guess you can, but it's not going to be very effective. So one of the ways, uh, as far as securing the perimeter of your yard, is one of the, the wonderful things I like to use are nematodes. And I know you're familiar with those, right? Yes. Okay. And nematodes are actually a flea parasite. They're little critters that prey on both the adult fleas and the larvae. And uh, they can, they're easy to apply. You can uh, get them with a hose sprayer or even a watering can. They're very, very easy to apply. And the great thing about nematodes, a lot of these products, you have to be aware of what stage uh, the, the, the critter is at. In other words, you know, sometimes these products are going to get them at the larva stage, adult stage, egg stage. You know, some products don't. And that's part of the problem, too, because when we buy these products, we think, oh, you know, we just apply them and then, you know, it's done. So, uh, and you can get these nematodes at garden centers or nurseries or, uh, I guess, uh, online and or even some of the natural pet stores if you um, have, you know, one in, in your area that you can search for. So that's the first thing that I would start out with. Second thing is, and these are just simple, easy things, they don't cost any money, is to go ahead and um, if you, depending on what kind of bedding your pet has, um, wash it in real hot soapy water once a week. And what, because pet beds are a favorite flea hangout. I mean, they just will gravitate to where the animal is sleeping. And by the way, a healthy animal will not attract fleas. So that will explain why some animals have flea infestations and others don't. That's a huge myth uh, that, you know, fleas are, you know, every animal is going to have fleas because that is wrong. It, it's, they go according to body temperature. And uh, so a, a healthy animal is not going to attract fleas. But you can wash the bed, and also there's some excellent essential oils out there. Uh, if you want to, you know, add a little bit in the uh, rinse water and everything, that will 
help you with that. Um, I like to have some kind of herbal flea collar, which we'll talk about in a minute, that we can use uh, because we want to go ahead and, and get, you know, kind of get them started before they, you know, they get going. Another thing is what we, a, a more generic term now is flea tags, which we'll talk about in a minute because that is what is um, the bio tag. That's what that's classified under now. It's been successfully used in Europe. It's just now getting here to the United States. And it's following the trend, June, as far as with our medical uh, paradigm, which is becoming consciousness-based now. There is a new healthcare system being uh, put into place. And it actually works with energy medicine. And some of our top neurologists and uh, doctors in this country are definitely uh, promoting this. Uh, you're going to see a lot more of the trend in the future for energy medicine. And so uh, the biotag is one thing that... Uh, uh, is going to be used. I, I love it. It's very so effective. Is the biotech like a bug button kind of? Because I remember years ago, maybe about 10 years ago, they had this thing called the bug button, and basically it was something that uh, you wore it on your clothing, and it. Um, I, I think they used some type of um, essential oil from geraniums, uh, and it basically warded off any type of mosquitoes. Is that the same concept, or is it something different? No, this is really totally something different, and it's really sweet because it falls into, you know, my line of work and, again, energy medicine. And the name, it's a specific name uh, that you can get right now. is called the Anibio, A-N-I-B-I-O, TIC, T-I-C hyphen clip. CLIP, and it's, it is revolutionary. Um, you know, a lot of people are going to go, wait a minute, you know, but this is absolutely, you know, we've used frequencies for a long time, even sonar, you know, will detect. It's kind of the same principle um, with energy, but there's no sprays, no, no squeeze-ons, no pesticides or anything. What it does is this tick clip, June, will harness the power of the bioenergetic field of the animal to create an energy barrier that, that repels the insects, the pests, for two years. And um, it was created in Germany. It's been used uh, throughout Europe. It, it's a top seller in Europe. It's over here now. I, I got mine through, uh, I think, uh, uh, only natural pet store. I had to buy it online. It, it's one inch, and it weighs as light as a penny. I mean, it's it's just incredible. It's safe for puppies, kittens. There's absolutely no odor, uh, 100%, you know, pesticide-free, non-toxic. And the biggest thing is, you know, you're not spreading anything with the... And it's, and it's odorless, too. I'm reading the, the, the specs on it. Um, yeah. But what it does is it the electro... It's imprinted with an electromagnetic charge bearing a polarized uh, energy signature. And this energy charge will adapt to our animal companion's unique bioenergy frequency and it produces a vibrational field around the animal that then repels the ticks and fleas and it just simply you know the the pests just don't react to the pet anymore and um i know that it's it's a uh it works along the same 
lines like homeopathic remedies or flower essences, you know, the vibrational frequency. And uh, when it does that, it's like putting a shield around your animal companion. This is one of my favorite things that I'm using right now because, again, I live in Florida, so, you know, pests, it never gets cold enough down here to kill anything. So we've got generations of these things, you know, and to me they get bigger and bigger every year. And they also have mutated. I don't want to digress here, but uh, mutated, and they've gotten very resistant to a lot of the flea products that we've given our animals for years. And so, you know, the drug companies just have to keep trying to improve on the uh, chemicals and everything. And uh, well, if I not- interject mm-hmm. something about that, uh, we've been seeing that with the Roundup Ready, uh, the Roundup Ready crops. Uh, that the insects are becoming immune to it. Um, I've had horticultural expert John Peter Thompson on several times, and he's a federal, I mean, he's he works with the federal government. He actually works around the world, and he said point blank, these the, the insects are becoming stronger and are resistant to all these chemicals. So, I mean, what are they going to do next? Just make anything that comes into contact with uh, these crops just immediately disintegrate. I mean, that's the only thing that they can do at this point. You know, nature is clearly sending a message that the uh, it doesn't matter what technology they develop, nature is going to win, period. So, Well, yeah, you know. it has its own intelligence, and that's the problem because um, l- let me go back to the tick click real quick. The only maintenance that you have is I clean it uh, under running water once a month. It, it kind of refreshes the effectiveness because anything worn around the neck of the animal, uh, even us, uh, you know, necklaces or anything, we don't realize this a lot of times, but people can uh, start to have, you know, uh, sore throats and uh, kind of raspy voices or, you know, that <coughs> type thing because mm-hmm. – um, what we wear around our necks, we don't ever take off. And, you know, we're talking all the time. You know, the animals are barking and everything else, and so it accumulates energy, and we don't think about it, but it's stuck right there, you know, kind of like in that throat area. And um, so cleansing it every uh, once a month uh, really helps uh, to uh, take care of that. Uh, now, going back to the to the critters, yeah, I see this in working with the vets that I work with. Um, again, and we'll we'll talk about this, I'm, I'm sure, in a minute, but, you know, the products that are currently used in allopathic medicine, which means the mainstream drug company uh, segment, uh, literally poison the skin of the animal, and that's how these insects are repelled. Uh, it's I'm literally poisoning the skin of the animal. And so as we continue to poison the skin, well, you know, as you said, nature's pretty intelligent, and uh, they say, well, hey, we're going to survive one way or another. Let's figure this out. And so they've been mutating, June. But during their mutation, what's happening is is that, you know, I saw this start where, okay, you give it every, apply it every four weeks. Then it started, well, let's apply it every two weeks. Well, every two now think about that. Every two weeks now, some of the vets are still requiring this, or requesting it, uh, recommending it to their patients. But the problem is, even after two weeks, my clients will call me and say, "I need help because you know it, this is driving me crazy. All the itching and everything else. And we just applied whatever product, and 
So what they did was, it's for dogs. It hasn't come out yet for cats, but I'm sure it will here shortly. They then developed a pill and said, well, forget it. We're going to, you know, but the topical stuff, for, you know, for certain animals, let's see how it works. You know, it's kind of like a shotgun approach now in the dark because they don't know who it's going to work on and who not. But now a lot of the vets are just recommending this pill, which poisons the inside of the animal, by the way, um, and the internal organs and everything. And so, again, year-round, unless you're doing detoxes for your animals and everything, but a lot of these chemicals that we're going to talk about in a minute have a major impact upon not only our animal, uh, their nervous system, but ours also. And then if you have children, because uh, unfortunately uh, these chemicals, there's no way you can keep kids away from dogs and cats and everything, and, you know, they touch them and uh and children are most vulnerable because of their developing nervous systems. Well, one of the things, Laura, that I've always been concerned about, and, I mean, it's over over the course of time uh, as one gains awareness and, you know, now today there's so much knowledge out there, but back, you know, 10 years ago there wasn't as much knowledge out there. Uh Thank God we have the Internet because you can communicate with so many different people that have the information. But before that, I remember when I was in college, I had um, a kitten that I had adopted, and I remember it had fleas. And just going to the local pet shop, getting the flea shampoo, the cat just literally freaked out from the, the, the sting of that shampoo. And I just remember thinking to myself, my goodness, what am I doing to this this poor being, after I'd removed all the fleas from it, you know, all I thought to myself was, this can't be, it's something that's good for this cat. If you think about the flea medications that are out there, there are all sorts of warnings for humans, you know, don't touch this product without gloves on, or if you do touch it, wash your hands immediately. You know, do not touch your eyes, do not touch your your face. You know, blah, 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 the list goes on and on. And it just makes me wonder, okay, well, if this is so toxic to humans, animals are so much smaller than we are. What is it doing to their system? Yes, and let me go back to your cat first, June, because the problem with cats, uh, are, and cats are particularly vulnerable, you know, they really don't have the same energetic field that or electrical systems that dogs do. You know, we can pretty much do a lot of similar things with dogs that, uh, give them, you know, the same kind of food and things that we eat and a lot of the nutritional supplements and everything and essential oils. But unfortunately, you know, cats, we, we can't always do that with. But cats lack enzymes to metabolize or to de- detox what we're going to get into with what a general classification of uh, uh, the uh, uh, OPs. The, and you know what those are. The organic uh, phosphate insecticides. Okay. And, and they can't, and what they can do, though, and I'm going to refer to that as OP from here on out, but cats can ingest this by licking their fur. Now, these are extremely, according to a lot of studies, and especially the National uh, Resource Defense Council, which I like as a clearinghouse, um, they harm the nervous system. And, I mean, there's just no no doubt about it. And also where we place the... Uh, typical flea medication on the animal, you know, as you as certain products recommend that you start at the top between the shoulder blades and then, you mm-hmm. know, work your down the back. Well, well, think about this, June. 
Um, as we're doing that, uh, chances are, and I've, I've, I don't know how many clients I confer with, but most of the time I'd say 85% to 90% of my clients, um, before I talk with them, apply it right on their, on their spine. Well, okay, now we know that these chemicals are very harmful to the nervous system. Now we're having double impact because of the placement of the chemicals, and that is directly into their central nervous system or their nervous system via their, their spinal cord, their back. Brilliant. I, I mean, I'm sorry? I said brilliant. I'm just I'm thinking to myself, wow, I've done that with my own cat. The point that you just made about how it affects the nervous system, I just want to address this briefly without going too far away, but I just want to mention that some of the issues I've been covering on the show have concerned uh, the neonicotinoids, specifically clothianidin, which affects the nervous system of the honeybee as well as human beings. And that's been proven by Dutch toxicologist uh, Dr. Hank uh, Tenekis, who's been on the show also to uh, discuss his his incredibly intense research on this very subject. And imidacloprid, which is another neonicotinoid, which also has the same effect. Now, the bottom line is, is that these neonicotinoids, which are used as pesticides to kill, um, you know, certain uh, predatory-type insects that are harmful to crops, it point blank attacks the nervous system of living beings, whether they are insects, animals, humans, period. So the fact of the matter is is that maybe these flea medications and tick medications may not be used for uh, the security of crops, but the bottom line is is that they are still in the neonicotinoid family, which attacks the nervous system. So that's something that I just want to point out because this is pretty serious stuff. And, uh, you know, in in conjunction with what you're saying, Laura, the fact that you're supposed to put this uh, on the animal's back, you know, I I had always thought that that was so that the, the cat or the dog couldn't lick it off themselves. And that was basically what was expressed to me. Now, what you're saying is really horrific if you think about it because you're applying it directly to where it's going to absorb into the animal's nervous system, and that is really very, very disturbing. Yeah, and, I, you know, I, uh, most of my clients know that I, you know, they don't call me a conspiracy theorist, but, you know, I, I sit and I ask questions like, okay, now wait a minute, why would we want to apply it there? Because... Uh, granted, they can, you know, and also, you know, you're handling this, um, uh, you know, you're, if you're doing it without gloves, you're absorbing the same thing every time you apply this to your animal and or rub it in. You know, you, you apply what we, these are called spot-on treatments, you know. And, yes, yes. And so you're, you know, you're sitting there and, oh, I missed a spot or, you know, and then you rub it in with your finger. And I'm sure people think about washing their hands afterwards but in case they don't. Well, there you go. And, um, but even if they do for those few minutes, you know, you're absorbing it through the skin. And it's not so much that these things, these things are toxic upon exposure, period, June. However, the, you know, I always look at the cumulative effect because whenever I'm looking at uh, illness in animals and everything, you know, they didn't get sick overnight. Uh, no, they certainly so, did not. 
Yeah. No. And it's a cumulative effect. And so that's the thing now that, and, and by the way, the EPA calculates that a child's exposure to individual OPs, these organic phosphate um, uh, products, and pet products on the day of treatment alone can exceed the safe levels up to 500 times, which is 50,000% of what they recommend. Wow. That's from the EPA. That's their information. And so, and, and again, none of these have really been fully tested because, you know, as we, uh, as you get into this, uh, as I was getting some, you know, because I like the scientific with the, you know, the, the science with the spirit here. I always integrate both. And um, with, in 2008 alone, they had more than 44,000 complaints just on the flea medications alone, and they had more than 1,600 deaths that they could directly associate to these flea treatments. Now, that doesn't include the thousands that, you know, people are in shock and everything because when you lose a family member, you know, you're thinking why and everything else. And, and unfortunately, a lot of this, you know, you don't have an autopsy and you don't have toxicology tests, and so they can't be related back. But I work with enough animals that have seizures and uh, 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 nervous system disorders, just like Parkinson's and uh, liver. The liver gets pounded by these um all of these pesticides because that is our organ that we use, you know, mainly to detox these things. And, again, the smaller the animal, the more, you know, they're not very big. It doesn't take an awful lot. And, again, if you're down here in Florida, you know, the recommended uh, every four weeks, I'm, you know, uh, I I don't know. I don't do anything for four weeks because I figure if they say four weeks, just like uh, the heart guard stuff for heartworms, you know, if you call the manufacturer, it's six weeks. But they don't like to tell you that because they, you know, typically have a monetary agenda here that they like to have you buy the product as often as possible. And so, uh, you know, the animal just never never has a rest from it. And uh, then, boy, then you get into it, June, because then what kind of – you know, food are you feeding your animal? Yes, it's just a vicious circle. But, you know, with because everything adds up, and that's the thing. Um, you can't, you know, we can't uh, say, well, uh, you know, this, I mean, everything is connected. Everything has a relationship here. But, you know, what we're doing here, and then it affects the children, and, and it affects the animals, and then it affects, you know, well, let's say, you know, the animal did die of this, and it's, you know, in the landfills. And you've got birds, you know, that can easily come and, unfortunately, um, if they're not disposed of properly, then they're feeding off of this tissue. And then here we go. See, you're affecting wildlife. It just, it's, it, it just, there's no end to it. No, there isn't. How about that for being positive? <laughs> well, it's, well, the thing is, is that it's, it's a subject that people don't really talk about because it's not exactly something that's advertised on TV. Uh, pretty much every, every pet commercial that's out there shows a happy pet, uh, a happy dog or a happy cat, uh, and, you know, the family's happy, everybody's happy, but they don't talk about what's involved. And it's not as though cats and dogs can say, hey, by the way, you know, that stuff that you put on my back is making me sick. No, and also, you know, and people, and again, I'm one to ask questions. And so because we're really finding out that a lot of what we have learned and we've been raised with is not accurate. It's not true. And things are changing so quickly. And, 
uh, and if we're having a hard time keeping up with things, you can imagine how the government agencies are having a hard time keeping up with things. And so a lot of people, when we go into the grocery stores, and these products are so readily available, June. They're, you know, you can buy them online. You can, you know, they'll deliver them at your door now, you know. And for convenience purposes, they're just easy. And, and you think, well, everybody's using them. It must be safe. But unfortunately, they're not. And uh, you know, back in 1996, the EPA uh, required something new that it was going to estimate the accumulated effect on people with these particular pesticides, okay, not just from food, this is what's important, but from all sources. Well, unfortunately, to date, the EPA's compliance with the Food Quality Protection Act is incomplete because it has underestimated the risks from pet products. In other words, it, it doesn't take into effect that when we hug our animals, um, you know, and how long our children stay in contact with our animals, what kind of cumulative effect that that is having upon us. And so four years after the enactment of this specific act, they have yet to account for the cumulative impact of multiple OPs and other chemicals that function in the same way here, just not stuff that, you know, we get from, unfortunately, from the uh, from the pet products. But that is a huge, huge uh, venue or medium, if you will, of how uh, these toxic chemicals are spread. And it's just so insidious that we're not even aware that, you know, after we put the product on the animal, okay, especially a dog, because, you know, a dog's not typically going to lick himself like a cat will. But, you know, are we keeping our children away from that animal for a couple of hours? Probably not. You know, we've No, definitely off. not. And especially yeah. if uh, the dog or cat is, uh, you know, all over the house on your bed. And if you think about it, you apply these chemicals to your dog, and then your dog rolls around on your bed, and then... You go to sleep at night on your bed, and most people, you know, uh, don't exactly wear uh, a lot of clothing when they go to sleep. You're absorbing that right into your skin. Yeah, and again, it's cumulative. And so, and, and then when you start uh, maybe having the jitters or you, you know, uh, a lot of the animals that I've worked with with seizures, uh, it is a direct result of the flea, the monthly flea medication that they're using. And, um and or vaccines. I mean, I can almost trace it every time. And, and how I do that is, you know, after talking with, well, first of all, the animal will tell me. And but to validate that, then I'll ask the, the client, you know, well, when's the last time or do you remember the last time that you, you know, you treated for fleas or what did you use and everything? Oh, yeah. Well, is that about when it started? Yeah. You know, I mean, the lights go on. You know, and so, and this, I, I can't count the times, June, how many times this has happened. And then we have to work with the vets and um, a lot to, you know, or typically uh, they're ready uh, not, you know, not to use the allopathic drug again. And then, you know, they're introduced to a lot of the, the uh, safe organic products. And there's lots of them out there, lots of safe organic products that we can use, whether it be a dip or a, a, a uh, you know, a, a topical thing, just like Advantage, that we have those um, sprays, um, all kinds of things, that powders, you know. That, but, Laura, that, 
one of the questions that people have is, well, you know, if I don't use these types of uh, chemicals to, uh, for flea prevention, flea and tick prevention, then my family's going to be infested. They're going to be exposed. The kids are going to get fleas. They're going to have flea bites all over their legs, so on and so forth. The house is going to be infested. So, you know, how do you address that? Uh well, first of all, I usually the people have some kind of organic product in their house. You know, when I work with my clients, that and I'll say, well, come on, let's let's read a label. <laughs> when all else fails, let's read a label. And um, or a lot of because people aren't using DDT anymore. D, you know, DET. Uh, mm-hmm. They'll use citronella. They'll use uh, neem oil. You know that, and so, and and a lot of my clients use these types of things, and I'll say, okay, well, now that's an essential oil. Is that effective for the mosquitoes? Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, okay, well, then here, the we can use the essential oils, uh, whether it be a herbal defense oil blend that we uh, put in a spray bottle that we spray on our animals. I do that with my key, my dog, uh, called Critter Oil. It's a synergistic blend of a lot of essential oils and. Uh, before we go out, and I use distilled water in a little sprayer bottle, and a bottle's going to last you for a year. I mean, I keep it in the refrigerator because it is essential oil, so it will keep, you know, fresher in the in, in the refrigerator, June. And I've a couple of drops I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Laura. I, was, I just wanted to interject one quick thing about the essential oils. Folks, don't go out there and just buy any essential oil. Make sure that you purchase it from a licensed um, uh, I, I guess a holistic practitioner or someone who has uh, a certification, um, an herbologist or, or uh, just someone with the proper credentials. Uh, Kayla Fiervanti, who is who has been on the show many times, she's from she's a chemist. She's from Essential Wholesale. Uh, it's EssentialWholesale.com. She's been on the show many times, and she has also warned that. If you are going to go with the essential oils, make sure that you speak to somebody qualified because you don't want to just go around buying something, dumping it on your animal, and there may be a health risk involved. So I just wanted to quickly interject that, Laura. Thank you, Jim. Great point. And uh, the ones I use, I buy uh, from, uh, like I said, only natural pets. Uh, there was a woman down here who is licensed in St. Pete, Florida. Um, I'm not recommending her products or anything, but it is one that I use, and it. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, they don't get on Mikey. And uh, but I I do the feet. You know, I don't soak the the coat, but just lightly spray around the feet and everything. And I'm a big one on using flea cum, uh, also. You know, and so. Uh, but the other thing, Halo has, and Halo is well known, well respected in the business. Um, you know, they have an herbal dip that we can use. There's all kinds of uh, citronella pet sprays. In other words, and battery science is, is a huge um, uh, animal product manufacturer. I think they make the best vitamins on the market. Uh, I highly recommend them. And they've got an excellent flea and tick repellent spray for dogs and cats that even include mosquitoes. They even have wipes, you know, repellent wipes, like uh, baby wipes. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We can even get those from Vetri Science. So, you know, a lot of times, um, and and mites, uh, we've got some sprays that will actually uh, work with mice. These are very effective, June. 
you know, if you get back into the indigenous cultures and everything, what, what the only thing I would ask is what did what did great granny and great grandpa do before the drug companies? They used plants. They used pardon. They used plants and herbs, right? Exactly. Yeah, and so you and other parts of the world use plants and herbs. It, you know, we're specifically drug oriented here in the U.S. And I'm not slamming anybody. It's just that okay, let's look and see what other parts of the world are doing. And you know, why are so why are we so indoctrinated on thinking that only if you know it contains chemicals and insecticides, it's going to be effective? Well, well I'll, I'll address that, Laura, because I am in a position to slam these people because that's what I do. <laughs> that's what I do as an activist. But uh, you know, the bottom line is is that as a society, we are conditioned to thinking that if there is a problem, we must get a prescription for some type of drug in order to fix the problem, and that is not the case. Often, many people when they get sick. They have some type of, it doesn't matter if it's a headache to, you know, just something very minor. Unless they get an actual prescription from the doctor, they don't feel satisfied. It, it's the same thing with pet allergies. When an, when your animal companion has an issue that's, you know, a health issue, many people will not feel as though they got their money's worth from the vet unless the vet gives the animal a shot or some type of treatment. It's it's almost as if it is unheard of for something to be used in nature, and that is basically how we've been geared to think, and that is completely how we need not to think at this point because many of these companies do not have our animals' uh, health in mind. They have their bottom dollars in mind, and they have shareholders to please. And this is the very battle that we've been facing with uh, some of these issues, especially with the um, issues pertaining to uh, the pesticides that are being used without having the proper protocol uh, adhered to. So I just wanted to interject that. Well, thank you. And, yes, I uh, ditto all of that. And the thing is, though, that uh, with the natural compounds, you know, again, we – we have alternatives, and a lot of times when I see anxiety attacks even in animals, it's not, well, it's anxiety, all right, but it's anxiety induced by these flea medications because of their central nervous system. They're they're hyper uh, vigilant. They're hyper alert. They they can't calm down. They, you know, it's it's uh, speeding up the, the nervous system tremendously, and so even when I talk with them, you know, and they'll say, well, you know they didn't have a they didn't have this when I got them, and I don't understand you know what's what's causing the problem and again, talking with them and you know whether people believe this or not um, <laughs> you know you gotta go with the results and uh not bragging here or anything, but you know when we start a a strategy, you know that that animal's no longer anxious, but I mean we're doing detoxes and we're doing some things even including acupuncture that is uh, uh, calming and detoxing that, and no more drugs, of course. Just say no to drugs. How about that? Um, that is helping the animal to detox. Now, real quick, one of the ways that uh, some of these products work that have these botanical extracts, uh, June, mm-hmm. is uh, they have uh, 
there's a key neurotransmitter that's found in insects. Uh, it's, it's equivalent of ad, uh, adrenaline in us. Uh, I, I believe it's called octopamine, uh, O-C-T-O-P-A-M-I-N-E, if I'm remembering this. And it regulates their heart rate behavior metabolism. And so this unique molecular structure will target and block this specific neurotransmitter receptor in, in, in insects. And by blocking it, it results in a total breakdown of the insects of the insects central nervous system. Wow. And so and here's the key. This won't affect people or mammals or fish or birds because we have no receptor for this particular neurotransmitter. And so a lot of these products will uh you know, like cinnamon oil, peppermint oil, et cetera, and everything, uh, will the combination of these oils will enhance the uh, the pesticidal activity of some of these pro- natural products because of the, the octopamine and because that neurotransmitter. So it's kind of like, okay, it's, it is. It's going to affect somebody's ne- central nervous system. So who is it, the insect or the, us and, the, and, the, uh, and our family and, and animal companions? But these are safe because of that neurotransmitter. So, again, going into the science and everything of that, uh, a lot of these uh, natural products, that's how they're proven safe. I mean, now granted, I do have some animals that might have a, uh, an allergic reaction, but most of the time they're so toxic, the toxic burden of that animal is such that they're going to be sensitive to anything. And so as we reduce that toxic burden and we put them on good food, that is really key because a lot of animals are still eating, oh boy, you know, from Walmart. Oh um, boy that builds your immune system, okay, um, then, you know, then that changes. You know, we, we, and we get them off of, of uh, tap water, you know, and things. And so we, we kind of look at the, the overall picture and everything. And also then when you take your, your animal to the groomer, especially your dog, well, okay, well, what kind of, you know, shampoos are they using? And you think about everything that you're putting into your animal, you know, um, and a lot of people, you know, take their dogs to the groomer, and that's okay. Just take your own shampoo, you know. Or here's the bad part. Down here in Florida, we even have vets that when you take your animal into the vet, they require them, they will charge you for a flea dip, whether your animal has fleas or not. So they will basically just do it. It's, it reminds me of the landscaping companies that will automatically dump lime on your your on your ground on your property, whether they've determined that you need it or not, because they, you know, God forbid, if they tested your soil to see if there's an imbalance, which is the proper thing to do, uh, they just kind of do it because it's it, it's almost like a package deal where it comes included. It's like buying ten dollars worth of gas and getting a free I don't know. Uh, a free pack of gum or something. I don't know, just something ridiculous. But um, I just want to mention one thing. Um, I had interviewed Prince Lorenzo Borghese a couple of weeks ago in -hmm. regards to the situation with pet shampoo and the skin irritations that uh, that animals have. And point blank, his dog, Belle, had suffered tremendously. And, um, you know, animals cannot use the same shampoos that we use they have very sensitive skin and it's also very delicate and uh, he spent quite a bit of time discussing that so folks you know don't just take 
the cheapest product that you can find because you figure, well, you know, it's good enough for you, it's good enough for your dog or cat. Your dog or cat is not in a position to speak to you and can't say, hey, you know, uh, this stuff irritates my skin. They're basically going to just scratch it until they bleed. And if that's something that you want to impose on an animal, that's that's pretty sad. Uh, but uh, as one of our audience members pointed out, uh, Rock Goddess, she said, you know, whatever's cheapest. And that is what people do, especially when it comes to the flea and pet medications or whatever the case may be. They go for the cheapest thing, not thinking about what is actually best for that being. Well, no, because I, I don't think there's a lot of understanding a lot of times, June. Um, you know, with my clients, they and, – and let me go back on that real quick with the uh, applying, you know, whatever, and they start breaking out and their skin starts itching and stuff like that. Well, uh, the standard protocol down here in Florida, unfortunately, uh, is that you take your animal in and they're going to get a prednisone shot. Oh, it stops itching all right, but what did it just do to the, you know, to the body? And that's in, in direct correlation to a lot of the flea allergies because some animals do have flea allergies, which even makes it worse because when they bite a flea, they get this histamine going and everything. And so, you know, you put them on Benadryl or Chlorotabs or, you know, or Prednisone or something. And so, okay, there's some more stuff here. You know, and let's put some more, oh, well, we got to have more flea medication because, by gosh, that, that animal's, you know, itching and itching and itching. And then you've got some kind of topical cream that you're going to have to put on the, the animal because they're missing hair. And, you know, it just gets to be like, you know, when the animal sees you coming, they just start running from you because, they, you know, they know that it's not going to be good. And animals, uh, if left to their own, they're, they don't want this stuff. You know, they're going to, it's like bad food. They, they they know it and they don't want it. And so, and their bodies also will start to detox. And sometimes you're seeing a natural detox that people think uh, is a direct, re, you know, co a reaction to the uh, flea medication and everything else. Well, it kind of is, except for the body's purging itself. And so uh, that people just keep, or the worst part is people don't associate symptoms with, you know, what, you know, what they're doing. They just think that, well, well, everybody's got a flea problem down here in Florida. Well, no, they don't. You know, they don't. And, um, and that doesn't even get on to the, you know, to the lawn spraying and stuff down here that it's just horrendous. But um, because if you, you know, the thing is, if you, if your neighbor sprays their yard, okay, well, here it's like the army of the ticks and the fleas come over to your yard, you know, if you're almost forced to do something because now all of them have migrated to your area, you know, because it's oh, like, yeah. they're not trying to kill us over there. Let's go over here, you know. And so all of a sudden, you know, you've got to address that. But, uh, again, and we don't think of children being the innocent ones also that are being damaged by this. So when your child then starts to have some of these symptoms and everything and you can't pinpoint it or you can't trace it back, you know, think about what you're doing. What, how, okay, how do you apply this stuff, whatever you're doing with your animal, and then, ha you know, who's coming in contact with it for the next several hours? And where is that animal going? And where is... You know, not to lock up the animal. That's not a solution. You know, to me, it's time to, if we're going to think global and everything and our our actions uh, affect everybody else, let's try some natural products because they certainly are 
you know, uh, in most cases, at least uh, comparable in price. And my experience with them is that they they work. Ex- they're very effective. Laura, you know? one of one of the questions that we have from the audience. Uh, this is coming from Becky. She said, "Is giving your dog garlic sufficient?" Garlic. I'm real careful with garlic because it's a blood thinner, and uh, there are products, you know, like brewer's yeast and everything else uh, combined with that in very small doses that, yes, consistently used, but, again, that has to have a build-up effect, a cumulative effect within the body. Is it enough? It depends on where she lives. You know, if she's, like, somewhere in Florida, and depending on how bad the flea infestation is, in other words, what else is she doing to uh, prevent, you know, flea infestation, uh, because even, let me say this, if it's real bad, even a natural flea collar, an herbal flea collar is not going to suffice for uh, uh, total protection. You know, we're going to have to have another strategy along with that. But if it's moderate, you know, an herbal flea collar is going to get you by. Um, but again, you know, we've got to be addressing inside and outside. Uh, but to answer her questions, it's going to depend upon where she lives. And if, you know, if she lives in a cooler envi- uh, climate where things are killed, you know, seasonal cycles really do exist. Um, if she gives it to the animal every day, and depending on what kind of uh, scale her flea infestation is, um, could be, and also the food she's feeding the animal. I mean, because, you know, the animal's only going to be as healthy as what we're putting into it. So I don't mean to be evasive on that. There's just other things that if she were my client, I would be asking these kinds of questions. Becky, let's look at, you know, a total picture, okay, hmm. and see how uh, and how how effective is it working for her right now. You know, is is it enough? Now, or what do you recommend to people as far as, uh, say, for example, uh, I have a cat named Belle who's very healthy. Uh, I, um, after the knowledge that I've uh, gained this past year, I will not be administering any more of the flea medications. I, you know, it, it's amazing how much you learn, regardless of how much you're surrounded by knowledge. You know, just the realization that, oh my goodness, look what I'm doing. Um, what would you advise to somebody such as myself? I have a very healthy cat. Uh, I'm concerned about the flea situation because there are fleas, uh, and there are ticks, I'm sure, because uh, I know she does go in the high grass. Uh, what do you recommend that somebody such as myself would do? Okay, for prevention, I'm telling you, I'm a big, big proponent of this uh, tick clip. I really am. Uh, the only the only time it's not going to be effective is when their energy fields are uh, interfered with, like vaccinations or uh, extreme heat, uh, anything that, uh, or if the animal's seriously ill. In other words, that would uh, temporarily, if you will, have holes in her in the energy field. But you know, for the the price, it's inexpensive. I would I would start off with a tick clip. If you don't want to go that route, then uh, she goes out uh, periodically for a house cat. You know, I don't really use the herbal uh, collars. I don't really recommend them. And if you are going to use an herbal collar, I would leave it, air it out. In other words, take it out of the package 
and let it air for a couple of days because, you know, those real strong smells are going to uh, uh, dilute some. And because uh, I wouldn't want that under my nose, you know, right off, right out of the package, you know. And no, so in the animal senses, you know, are, are a lot more uh, sensitive than ours. And so, but I would, uh, June, uh, if you're going to do the tick clip, I would then use something like a little spray like I used, um, the Herbal Defense Blend, or uh, they have them specifically for uh, just for fleas and, you know, not for ticks that, uh, that, that have cilantro and everything. Again, uh, we'll be okay for the – make sure you get it for cats, cats and dogs. Uh, like the Vetri Flea and Tick Repellent Spray, and just lightly, very lightly put it on your animal. In fact, a lot of times with my cat, I spray it in my hands, and then I rub it on my cat, mm. you know, so that that way he's not as likely, and it doesn't matter if he's going to lick. Uh, of course, you know, cats will lick anyway because they want to put their own scent on themselves. And uh, But those are very, very, very effective, and that's what, and I'm not recommending anybody give a cat a bath. I've, you know, I've been there and done that, and (laughs) dear Lord, you know, it's like, bar the doors, because, I mean, the howling and the things and the stress, and uh, I did it once, and it's just like, okay, we're not doing this again. So um, I would use some kind of, you know, again, a little uh, flea collar and, um, some kind of little spray. And you don't have to use the spray every day, June. You can use it and make sure you dilute it. In other words, use a couple of drops, you know, to eight ounces of water or something. Keep it in the refrigerator. And or if you already get one that's blending for you, you know, just use it real lightly. It doesn't take much because, you know, the fleas, are they're, they're not going to want to be around those essential oils. In regards to clothing and bedding and any type of linens and, and whatnot, what is your what is your opinion of borax in addition to detergent to washing your clothing or laundering your clothing, should I say? Well, you know, and they recommend that down here a lot on the carpets and everything else. Borax does have its uh, dangers. Um, while it is safer than a lot of products. Um, and isn't it a natural product also, Laura? It is, but it, and it's also ineffective if you get it wet. Um uh, I use I use that very very uh, and usually any kind of boric acid products you usually see results within 24 to 48 hours. There's no doubt about it. Uh, boric acid kills flea larvae, uh, June. It's not effective at killing adults. Okay, so it may take up to two to six weeks because you know as the adult population um, uh, dies off. Uh, and I never, never, ever, ever use them directly on the cats or dogs or in areas where uh, small children are because they, the boric acid products still have some toxicity to them. Oh, and they say not to, if you do put it on carpeting or anything like that, that basically uh, you have to really get that out before you use it again. So I, I, don't believe it's, I don't believe it's safe for human beings either. No, but you know what I do use instead of boric acid, uh, uh, borax or anything? I use sea salt. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That'll kill them graveyard dead, honey. Well, if you think about it, just the concept of the fact that uh, a flea, a tick, they all have a shell. And I remember there's a product... There's a product that's used to kill lice 
and it's salt-based. And basically what the salt does is it penetrates the shell of the louse in order to kill it. And if you think about it, that you know, using a sea salt alternative really does make sense because I would think that it would penetrate the the shell of the uh, of the um, fleer tick. Now it does, and that's a, you know that's a real good point to bring up because <clears throat> I've, I uh, had consulted with Cancer Treatment Centers of America uh, a while back because I know how to use food as medicine, and the thing is, is that back in the early 90s, and uh, the thing that we don't realize, think about what we've been talking about. These products all break down the shells of these critters, right? Yes. Okay. Well, we've got critters inside of us, too. <laughs> so here's the thing, and, and, you know, Cancer Treatment Centers of America, we're dealing with people with cancer. And you, you might read this in a book, maybe by Hulda Clark or something. It's not really promoted very well. Uh, it's one of those kind of hidden secrets about cancer. But uh, one of the things that uh, you don't want to do is use these products that break down the hard shells of these critters, even though they're very effective. Well, sea salt, the natural stuff is okay. But I'm talking about the chemicals because molecularly they're going to have a different effect. But here's the problem. Most people that have cancer, and in my uh, book, Cancer is Nothing But Fungus and Candida, simple as that. That's proven in Italy and everything else. So, you know, get over the fear of cancer. We can cure it and uh, or clear it, whatever you, you know, want to do with it. But you got to address the candida. But when you're using these products, if you have any kind of illness like cancer or anything else, what you're going to do then is you're going to start breaking down the hard shells of the critters within yourself, you're going to probably have a die-off, and you might have a reaction also, okay, because as they're dying off, that's going to hit your bloodstream. You might not feel real great, and you don't know why. And so, you know, in any case, if you're going to use these products, even with the animals, I'd also put them on some kind of super green food because they need the oxygen in the blood that's going to help detox these chemicals out of the liver. Okay, spirulina, corella, there's a lot of barley greens, you know. Uh, there's a lot of good products now on the market for animals, uh, green products, okay. Nutritionally, that will help them if you're going to continue to do the allopathic drugs. And also milk silsil is a great one for dogs, especially CME for the cat that will help us support their liver and help uh, them to detox some of these chemicals out of their body. So, you know, there's other alternatives. If you're going to continue to use them, then we can address another way, you know, to help. Laura, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's always great having you on to help us to take care of those that cannot speak for themselves. So I just want to take the time to thank you. And, Laura, can you tell our audience how to quickly get in touch with you if they have any questions or want to get involved with your work? Laura L. Lasseter on Facebook and Twitter. Laura Lasseter, Thank you so much. And, folks, this has been June Stoyer with the Organic View Radio Show. Have a great afternoon. And remember, uh, before you go out and buy a flea medication for your pet, not only read the label, but check into, check into some of these alternatives uh, because some of these chemicals that are out on the market really are doing more damage than anything. Have a great afternoon.